0: Welcome to Do a Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Great and faithful King, the one and only true God, a Father who reigns supreme, We give you all the glory. We worship you, Jesus. Word of the living God. We ask that you would join us in today's sermon. That the purity of your word, the undiluted truth of God, shall be made known to us today in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask for revelation. The revelational word of God that transforms life, Father Jesus, we ask that you release it in our midst in the mighty name of Jesus. That Lord, we pray that you have your way. None of me and all of you, Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory once again. In Jesus' most precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. I want to say thank you to God once again for um, the opportunity to be able to say his word. Um, Our title for today's sermon is Rule Your Word. Ruling Your World. And you know, before I came up about this topic, I just thought about what Pastor, Pastor preached about last week. And he, he spoke about accessing um, the riches in God's word. And the truth of that word is that if we really go deep in the resources in the word of God, there is a lot, a lot in there to make our life, literally. And so I had to feed off from what he preached about lo- last week. And that's how I came about the topic, ruling your world. Now, I'm going to take us back memory lane a bit. When I say ruling your world, I mean God created us to rule. Now, God Himself, He's a ruler. And for everything that God creates, for everything that God will bring into life or give a reason to be on earth or, or even in heaven, has a genuine purpose, has a divine purpose. So can I just blow your mind that when God, ha- when God thought about creating man, one of his major agenda was to create people that will rule on his behalf. So when I say the word ruling your word, I'm not just saying it that, oh, it comes by the way. It's part of the purpose of being on earth. Now, when God created man, the Bible said in Genesis 1:27, It said, let us create man. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created man male and female. He created. So when God created man... What I'm trying to point out is he created man in his own image. The image of God is not necessarily just the physical appearance of God. But when I say the word image, I mean the expression of God, the nature of God. So where God was creating man, he was trying to create meaning him. When a father and mother will come together, a wife and a husband would come together and create, they want to create someone that would take the legacy on. So when God was creating man in his image, in his image, that was what He had in mind. And that's why He says, "Ye are gods. I am the big God, but you are meaning me." Now, if I take it further a little bit, before I go into when, how we really know that we were created to rule. When God created his image, he wanted us to act like God on earth. Not be God, don't get me wrong, but act like him, behave like him, breathe like him, express like him. Now, what happened... Was that when man fell, the image distorted? And there is no way. Let me give you an example. You know, when you have an original copy, let's say your document one of some of your documents, you have an original copy. When you photocopy that document, does it not look like the original? Sometimes you don't even know which is the original from the photocopy. Does that make sense? So when God was creating man, it's saying people will not know the difference. But when man fell, you know when an image is old and it, is, it distorts and you, can, you can't even see the words clearly. That's what happened. The image did not resemble God anymore. So that nature was not of God and can I just tell you that if you're trying to go back to what the image of God is, if you have a destroyed copy, to get the original copy back, you need to get to get something that looks like the original, you need to create the original and copy again. Does that make sense? So there's no way that you're trying to get an original copy that looks the same, or for a copy that looks like the original, and use the, the destroyed one. So there was no way God will. Recreate man using the death of Moses or Abraham. Because all those images still don't look like God. They're still not in the true nature of God. So when God thought about, you know what, I need these people because what I've created them to do, there's no way you can rule if you're not in the nature of God. So whoever is outside of the nature of God, outside of the image of God, you cannot rule. Now God putting two plus two together, if I really want these people to rule in the true nature of God, I need to get the original copy again. And that was when Jesus came. Because the Bible said the father and the son, they are one. So you're not getting less of God when you get Jesus. You know, some people believe that getting Jesus is lower than God. No, you're getting God. And that's how you were able to recreate, photocopy that image again. And so even though you turn out to be a messed up image initially, the moment that you give your life to Christ, it comes back to the perfect image of God. And so you're able to rule in that way. The rebirth is what activates of the ability to rule. is what gives you a reason to step into that God-given role to be able to rule. Let's look at Psalm 22. Psalm 22, 28. It says, for the kingdom is the Lord's. And he rules over the nations. How does God rule over the nations? The kingdom, heaven, earth, all of it, all the planets is God's. But then God now rules over each nations. He rules through his people. Over each nation's. Now, how do you know your Creator to rule? We're going to go back to Genesis, but before we go back there, let's just get a few things. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, the very common verses that we know, that the plans that I have for you are of good and not evil. Yeah, she missed it. Okay, Psalm one thirty nine. Let's go to Psalm 139, verse 15 to 16. He said, my frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashion for me. Now what is it saying here? It's saying before you even formed me. It said your eyes saw my substance. So before God said I'm creating this person. Before a manufacturer will come and build something. They've gone through a process of building up. This is the purpose of this thing. This is how I want it to work. So God has seen your substance, the substance in you to rule the earth, being yet unformed. And in my book, meaning in the book of God, in your book, they were all written. So God has a journal for you. You see how when you're building a plan, your ideas, you write them down. God created a book for you. This and this and this is how I want this person to be be able to rule. Now, going back to the beginning, how do you know that you're created to rule? The reason is because when God created man, everything man needed to rule, God gave to him. Genesis chapter 1, chapter 1, to 28. The Bible said, then God said, let us make man in our own image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Dominion is the word. God gave man authority. To be a ruler, to be a king, you need authority. There's no way you rule without an authority. Now, how do you exercise this authority? Because, you know, see, Christians make me laugh. (laughs) Because we, sometimes I say that Christians are like Arsenal fans. We, We have mouth. You know, we know all these things and we we say it, but we do not exercise them. So sometimes in prayers you say, I have authority. But you exercise this authority when you go to the place of prayer. You exercise this authority when you understand what the Bible says about you. Where the Bible said that you have been given authority, you know those places. The Prime Minister, he knows there's something that we call that um, they have, they have like this discretion. So they have some powers outside the law. The statutory law to be able to make decisions like declaring war. So, what I'm saying is, he knows the book well enough to know that you know, I can make decisions in this area. It is, I rule in this area, so I can make decisions. So, when you know the word in and out, which was what, what Pastor said um, last week, when you go deep in the word, accessing those authority. Becomes very easy. You don't do it by force. Genesis chapter 2. 2.8. He said, Then the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. God put the man in a place. We're not all going to rule in the church. We're not all going to rule, I don't know, at Sister Yemi's workplace. That's why God will place you. There's so many rulers that God has created on earth. So he's not going to cluster everyone up in one place and then there's, we don't even know who the ruler is anymore because when everyone is going at each other's throat. So when God created man, he put man in his own place of rulership. Verse 15, please. He said, then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. So when God puts you in a place, it comes with a duty, a responsibility. You have a responsibility to take care of that place. You might not be the CEO of the place. But because we rule not just Physically we rule in the entirety. So what you do is, you know that God has put you in that place to take charge of what happens. To tend and to keep the place. So whatever happens wrong, goes wrong at your workplace. You know, Pastor used to say that there are times that when he doesn't turn up to work, they all know that something is going to go wrong. So they're always saying, this one that I did is not here today. That's how it should be. Because you're keeping the orderliness in that place. You're keeping the, the peace in that place. Because you're there ruling. Genesis 2, 9, please. So now, out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow. That is pleasant to the sight. And good for food. The tree of life was in also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what did God do? God made Provision. He said God made everything pleasant and good for food. So everything he needed to survive as a ruler, God provided. So you know how we used to make excuses? For you know how incompetent I am because God has created me this way. No, it is you. He has nothing to do with God. Because God made the supplies. He made provision. All you needed to do was, if um, Adam was hungry, all he needed to do was just go and just pluck one fruit. Apart from, please don't, don't pluck that one, but which he eventually did anyway. And just feed. All he needed was there. So number one, God gave man authority, gave man pl- a place to rule. And then he made provision for him to rule. God will not leave you on your own to rule. He knows you need the powers. You need the authority. You need those resources to be able to rule. The substances to rule. And he made provision for them. Number four, Genesis 2, 16 to 17. And the Lord commanded the man. The Lord commanded the man. Saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in The day that you eat of this, you shall surely die. So God commanded, God gave instruction. That's number four. You're not expected to rule by your own rules. I know that I have said that we're meant to rule, but we have guidelines. There are procedures, there are principles to be followed in your, in your rulership. I said I was going to use a bit of parliament and the judicial system a bit. Because that's, that's the way that I can express myself well. The parliament, they make the law. They make the statutes. Now, even though they make the law, there's something called the rule of law. Now, they make statutes, but the rule of law says that no one is above the law. So the rule of law, what the rule of law does is, it puts a restriction to go outside the legal framework. So even though they're ruling by making laws, they're still bound by the laws. Now, the judicial system, what they do is they interpret the law. When they interpret the law, there are four different ways that they interpret the law. So sometimes they interpret it literally. So, and what happens is the wording of the law sometimes that the parliament gives to the, to, the, to the judges is a bit confusing. So sometimes what they do is because they're trying as much as possible to follow what the statute says. And even though sometimes the wording is very confused and they do not know what to do, they always go back to the parliament discussion. To listen back and say, you know what, 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 did they have in mind when they make these laws? So even though the judicial system, they have the, the discretion to be able to make laws through case laws, they still don't just make any law and just make any decisions. They follow what the statute says, which is the book of law. We follow what the Bible says. And the reason why a lot of people that God has put in higher places, they are fallen because they go by their own rules and not by the instructions given to them. So what I'm saying is that man is not expected To rule by their own rules. And even God is bound by his word. The Bible says, I I honor my word. God is bound by his own principles. So if God that makes all the rules says, you know what? I'm going to keep to what the Bible says. I'm going to keep to what the word says. I have said this, but I'm going to keep to this word. Then we should be able to keep to, to the word of God. Let's not be the rulers that break rules. Let's not be the ruler that breaks rules. Now, I'm going to take you a bit further. God, when God said, I want you to rule, and when God placed man in a place, he wants us to rule also in influential places. Inasmuch as I know that we can rule in the spirit world where we can pray fervently, And say, you know, I want this change, I want this. The say that a cleaner will have is different from what the say of a director, a manager will have. So even though the cleaner will pray to keep the, the, the the place together, when it comes to decision making, you need people in those places to be able to change and impact the decisions of God. Let's look at the book of Isaiah chapter 9, 6 to 7. The Bible said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He said, The government, would be upon his shoulder. Even though Christ, you know that, because of how much Christ ruled, even though he, he didn't, he didn't necessarily become king. They asked him to come and become king because he ruled. I, I bet in those days Christ was the talk of the town. Because if you go to Judea, you hear about Christ. You go to Samaria, you hear about Christ. There's not literally every corners of every place. They're talking about this guy that is just doing stuff and turning the place for good, for God. And what they did, if not because God did not intend for Christ to be king, Christ had the opportunity to be king. Which I will still get to that place. In the way that you behave and you exercise your authority, people will call you to come and become the the ruler. If you're faithful in where... God has placed you to rule temporarily. Because I know this is not the final place for us. God is elevating us. So where God has placed you in that small place that he has placed you to rule. Remember, they're still calling you to come and rule in a higher place. But if Christ was not faithful in that small place. No one would recommend him to be king. So if you're always turning up to work late. Or you're the first to leave work when you know that everyone is working hard to make sure that this deal is done. No one will recommend you to become manager. Even though you're going back in your room and you're praying fervently. And this still relates to what pastor said last week. Accessing the riches in God's word. Let's go to Haggai. Chapter 1. 12 to 14. A ruler is someone exercising in government, dominion. It that then Zerubbabel, the son of Shittal, Joshua, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord. I want us to take it one at a time. They obeyed the voice of, I want you to mark that down. They obeyed the voice of the Lord. And the words of Haggai, the prophet, so they believed in the word that the Lord has sent the prophet. As the Lord that God had sent him, and the people feared. Please mark that down. The presence of the Lord. He said that they obeyed the voice of the Lord, and they feared the presence of the Lord. Let's carry on, please, ma'am. Next slide. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people, saying, "I am with you," says the Lord. Verse fourteen. So the Lord stared up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shittil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak. The Bible said they obeyed the voice of the Lord, carefully listening to the word of the Lord. Is vital see if they did not listen well they will hear wrong and the Bible will not even go further to say that they obeyed because if you hear wrong and you do wrong you have not obeyed so listening carefully to the word the word that the Lord has sent his prophet the word of the Bible the preacher Carefully listening and digesting so that you can carefully obey and diligently obey the voice of the Lord. Now, what caused the Lord to stir the spirit up? The, the Lord, the Bible didn't see, the Bible is well written. The Bible didn't say that the Lord stirred up their heart and then they obeyed. You know what we, we do now? We wait for God to ginger our spirits. Ah oh God, I'm not motivated. So you're praying God I need motivation to be to obey him. That's how we turn around. But God is saying no. I will not stir your spirit up until you obey my voice. So they listen carefully, obey the voice of the Lord, fear the word of the Lord. This is where I get frustrated with Christians. We hear the word of God And we do not fear the word that has been spoken or even the one that has sent the word. Now, because they did this, obeyed and feared, the Lord stirred up the spirit. Now, the Lord, what happened there is God wanted, God had spoken, God sent Haggai to them saying, what? you're building houses for yourself, you're doing all of this. Is it good that you're living in beautiful houses and then you leave the house of God to to, to remain in ruin? So God was sending them, you know, build my house. Just as God is sending you and I build my nation. Build that place that I've placed you. But you can only build if you obey. And listen carefully so you can obey right and fear that word then the Lord will stir up, what is God doing? Giving you more ability. Staring the abilities that, are, that you feel like they're not. So, you know, sometimes, in as much as you know that Christ has given you the power, you have the ability, sometimes you, you struggle to tap into it. But what happens when God stares up your spirit? You, you know when you're like, I don't even know what came over me. Sometimes people think I'm confident. I said, I'm not actually that confident. When I just mean it, I just something just comes over me. That is the, God God's stirring up the spirit in you. For you to be able to achieve what he wants you to achieve. And that was what God did. But what am I trying to get at with this, with this, um, with this verse? When the the Lord wanted them to build his house, building the house of God, God did not just stir up the spirit of the high priest. And the remnants, so basically, the people of Israel. God did not, God wanted to build. He didn't just say, you know what, the constructor, the the carpenter, the bricklayer, those are the people that I'm going to stare at the spirit. No, God says, you know, I will stare at the spirit of the governor. So what is that telling you about God? In as much as God is staring at the spirit of the high priest, And the Bible said that we are also priests for Christ. So when God is stirring up the priest in you, the ability to stand in prayer, God is also stirring up the governor in you to make decisions, to stand in high places. God is covering both sides, both ends. And that was what God did there. They listened, they obeyed, they feared, and the Lord stirred up their spirit. For everything God wants to build, it is his desire that his children rule in their place of influence and impact change. Revelation chapter 5, verse 10. And he has made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. So the Bible is literally speaking to us. He said he has made us kings. So God is stirring up the king in you. And he has made us priests. He's stirring up the priest in you. To do what? To reign on earth. So, if you're doing something outside of what God has called you to do, outside of your rulership, if Boris Johnson decides today to break the law, even though he's the prime minister, he will face the law. It's very simple. So, if, you're, if God is saying, I want you to reign on earth, and you still break the law, There are consequences. There are consequences. Now I'm going to use two characters in the Bible. Joseph being one. Genesis chapter 41. Now Joseph worked his way through from just a dream. He believed in the dream. He went to jail because he believed in the dream. He served because he believed in the dream. And from that point, he became prime minister. He says, back. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, now after he had interpreted the, the dream for Pharaoh, In as much as God has shown you all this, So even Pharaoh knew that he he didn't do it by own power. I know God showed you this. I know God gave you the ability to interpret. There is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Does that make sense? See, I... Pharaoh is aware that you didn't do this on your own, but he's still saying, "You know what? Because I trust. Because you can obey. See, if you if you if you cannot obey the ultimate ruler, God is God will never promote mediocrity. God will not allow you to rule over His people if you cannot. If God cannot rule you, and you obey to the ultimate ruler. But what Joseph was able to do was he was able to listen to the ruler. And so the ruler in him was made known. He said, according to your word. So whatever you say. But he trusted because he knows that Joseph will, just not, jo- Joseph will not say anything out of the blue. He knows that he will console God. He knows that he will work within the framework of rulership. He will not break the rules. And so he's saying, you know, what? whatever Joseph says... Even though I say something else, if Joseph just says it, follow it. He said, it shall be ruled. It shall rule according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. So, every other thing. What happened then was that even when they were sharing the food, Pharaoh didn't know anything. People, he said to them, go and meet. Joseph was the one in charge. People were going to Joseph. Pharaoh had no idea what was going on at that point. Who was ruling? You know when we know that, you know how it is now where we have the the royal family. They're not ruling. They're really not. They're just, they're enjoying privilege. The parliament is ruling. The government is ruling. The ministers are ruling. They're sitting there enjoying privilege. So they're just sitting on the throne. So that was what was happening here. Pharaoh was just sitting on the throne. The government was upon Joseph's shoulder. He was making those decisions. Another person I want us to look at is David. David, a faithful shepherd. know, we always pray this prayer point. Sorry, I'm going to speak here. (laughs) It was so close to that (laughs) that God would not allow us to be forgotten. But it was very close to being neglected. No one, see, it was not that special. All just happened was David was a good shepherd. That was all he had. But what was good about David was David's place of rulership. Even though in might same word, he was ruling the ships. And that was where God placed him to rule. And if David can rule the ships properly and then they obey the voice of the shepherd, I can trust this boy to rule my people. So David was faithful. David was close to death. His life was was at risk of going. But David followed the rules. Why did I say David followed the rules? David was going to kill the king. He he wasn't going to kill the king because the king wanted to kill him. But he had the opportunity to. But he said, no, 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 no. Because I know that the Lord has anointed you. I will not touch you. So even though you know how we Nigerians were very good at saying whoever is going to block my way of getting up there. Even though if you're not, it's good to pray in prayer. But when you're not physically trying to drag people down so that you can go up, then you're a fake ruler. You don't, you don't, that means you don't even have authority because a ruler will not even force it. So David knew that it was not by killing God has said the word, I have been anointed for it. And He didn't break the rules to get there, He didn't have to kill to get there. But David became king. David became king. God is willing, and His desire is to lift His children into great positions. Integrate with Matthew chapter twenty-five. Twenty five twenty-one. We'll wait for the computer to work. In Jesus' name, amen. Or we can just read the we all have our Bible. Matthew chapter twenty-five, twenty one. I'll just read. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I actually want us to see this on the slide. I will make you, open our Bibles. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So he said, the Lord is, it was about the, 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 servants that God gave, um, talents. He gave one five, two, one. And he said, you know what, the one that he gave five, he multiplied it. He worked at it. You know, God gave him this gift. God has given him this gift to rule. And you know what, you're trying your best to make sure that I'm ruling in this area. As I'm playing the keyboard, I am ruling in the in, in the kingdom of God. I'm saying that the, the demons should bow. So I'm ruling in that area. And so he's saying, as you're faithful in that gift that I've given you. He said, well done, good, I'm faithful, seven. You were faithful over a few... is not even that high. I don't. I, I imagine how we cannot even meet God, God's expectation. Because God knows that we're human. So he's not even expecting much but we're not giving him as much. So he's saying you are, you are faithful over a few things but I will make you ruler over many things. Although God created us to be rulers and through Christ Jesus we will rule what will not happen is God will not rule for you. So, in other words, if God has given you the potential, the resources to rule, if you fail to rule in those few things you have, He can only do it through you, He will not do it for you. So, if you're waiting on God to do it for you, literally carry you up from your bed. Wakbembe. It will take you time. And because of the few things that you're faithful in, he will make you rule over many things. Which is what I said earlier. Stay in that place where God has blessed you. And rule diligently in that place. Because this is not the final stop. I tell people, I am not studying law because it sounds it's fancy and it sounds nice. No, I tell people I'm studying this because it is a calling. I'm not doing it because, oh yeah, I can tell people I studied law. No, it's difficult. I don't want to get myself in that. But I'm doing it so that I know that because I know God has called me to do it. And so as I am faithful in this little thing that I can do, God has placed me to make a change in the church. So also, I want to stay in parliament because God, I know God is taking me there. I want to sit there and also make laws and prophesy in parliament. And thus says the Lord, because I believe that's what God has called me to do. So if I'm saying, all I want to do is interpret and let me hear in church, that I am not faithful enough because then I am not fulfilling the rulership that God has placed before my hands. So if God is staring up the high priest in you, he's also staring up the king in you and the governor in you. I'm going to round up soon. God is willing. God is willing and God is pushing us to take that bold stand. To take that bold stand and to, to play that role. You know, when you know, and that sometimes, I know, and which is why, this summer that we're hearing now, I don't think it's the first time we're hearing it, to be honest with us. But sometimes God will just want to remind you. Because the reason why you're not pushing is because you don't believe enough. And that's what I always tell people, don't go by how you feel. Our feelings... They're flake. They're not. They're not. They're very, you know, all over the place. Someone like me, I'm, you know, I'm very emotional like that. (laughs) So yeah, my feeling can be all over the place. But if you're depending on your feeling to rule, do you know the decisions those kings they have to make? I, you know how I pitied Theresa May in her days when she was still prime minister? Poor woman. But she still had to, you know, not go by how she, because if, if she was to go by how she was frustrated, she might as well sit at home and not even step out. But you don't go by your feelings. I have work to do. And that's what God is saying. I want you to have a belief system of being a rulership, a ruler. So that a ruler will not just go based on how they feel. They go based on their responsibility. He said the government is upon your shoulder. There is a responsibility. The responsibility is, that's why we say there's a responsibility on your shoulder. Be committed to your role. Be committed to being a king. Be committed to being a high priest. Inasmuch as, as you're committed to your church, God has not just sent you to the body of Christ even to the world, it extends to the world at large. God is committed to Christians, so also is he committed to the whole world. So you're not just ruling for Christians, you're ruling for the entire world. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to run up soon. Chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. Now all things are of good, of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation, just as Christ reconciled the world to God. So ultimately, what I'm saying is, The power to rule. God also has an expectation. There's a result to reconcile the world back to God. So when they see you, when they see others just singing now, they should be able to say, you know, "Ah, look at Kanye West for instance. Do you know how many people that will turn their life to God because of Kanye West? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Now he's ruling in his own place. Just by saying, he doesn't have to preach. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't know more than maybe five Bible verses, to be honest. But he's ruling. So, he's doing what? He's reconciling the world back to God. As you rule, God has an expectation. There is a result that God is waiting for. You're not ruling to have just power and, you know, I'm in charge. No. You're ruling because God is waiting on you for souls. Reconciling people back to him as you rule. As a manager, Auntie Emi is a manager. She's, she's probably making decisions at work. And people see her say things. And maybe they try that thing and it worked the first time. She said another thing the next time it worked. They're wondering, what is this girl's, where, where is the information coming from? Where is the knowledge coming from? They come to her and ask her, what are you doing? And because she ruled in that, people will, she'll be able to say, you know what, I is God. Okay, let me know about your God. And that's how she reconciles the world back to God. So that's what I'm saying. You're ruling, but God is expecting a result. Revelation chapter 19, verse 15. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. God, we are God's weapon. So God is saying, I will strike the nations, the devil. And the way that I would keep the devil out and strike him, is with a rod of iron. We are God's weapon to rule this world. Lastly, we're going to look at Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, chapter 8. So, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. Another version would say, no. His masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand. That we should walk in them. We are God's workmanship, masterpiece. So, basically what he's saying, we are the ambassadors. We're representing God. We're that masterpiece. You know how appalling it will be if you're an ambassador of a nation, and you're in another nation and you're misbehaving. Because what you're saying is that that's how everyone is back in your nation or your country. So if God would say, you know what, I send you all to this world on earth. And that's why people say, you know what, if Christians are like this, sorry. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Why would I want to be a Christian? So you're representative of the kingdom of God. And for every time we misbehave. We know what we're doing. We're telling the unbelievers this is what our God looks like. This is what heaven looks like. Even though that's not what that's that's not what it looks like. That's what we're telling them. So if that's our own way of ruling, I think it's time that we start to rethink. As God's masterpiece, we need to be able to think, behave, speak. In our gestures, in everything, it needs to ooze out God. Godliness, holiness, righteousness, love, care, kindness, patience. Everything, the embodiment of God is what we should be. The expression of God. So people see us and say, this should be, yeah, they, that's, that's how Christian came about. We all know that. They saw them and they said, you know, this must be followers of Christ. They are like Christ. Let's show people what heaven looks like. By how we behave and present ourselves. As rulers. You will not see the Queen of England misbehave outside. She knows she's a ruler. So she behaves in a way that people can say, you know, you're a ruler. So why would we... It's so, it's so, the, the, the contrast is too much. We say that we're kings. And we behave like slaves. It doesn't add up. Let what you say or what God says about you, let it match how you behave, how you speak, how you do things. And that's how we're going to end it today. You know who you are. Let that mold your mindset. Let that change how you think. I want us to step out today with that boldness, knowing that we're here to rule. Because when you know, the lion is, we always say that the lion is king of the jungle, not because of he is the strongest. He knows he's king. And so he behaves like king. Even when the lion sees an elephant bigger than he will still face. Because he knows I'm the king, you can't come and ride me, I'm the king here. So even though you have bosses at work, that might want to intimidate you. I'm not saying be rude to them. But you're not scared because you know that there's a ruler in you. King is not by stature. Let's rise up on our feet please.